Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't Gang Green have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep, own this rep. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jets fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Everyone, what's up, Keith? What's going on, guys? Also joining us on the line this week, you know him, you love him. He's the majestic beast. He's a former Division One tight end monster out there on the gridiron. The big sticking Wookiee, Nicholas Cronk, everybody. What is going on, everybody? It's going to be a rough one. Guys, me and Mike were texting back and forth today. And the poor dude, this poor guy, he just felt like he wasn't sure if he even had it in him to do the show today. Okay? I'm, I'm not trying to tear Mike down. That's not what I'm getting at, guys. What I'm saying is that he was emotionally affected by the game this weekend. Okay? Doesn't even know if you wanted to talk about it. Me and Mike message each other all the time, every day. We haven't even spoken about this game yet. Do you understand? We haven't even spoken about it. And one reason I feel horrible with Mike is I threw out some information to the Jet fans last week, or I should say a prediction, a bold prediction that this was going to turn things around. This was going to be the show, AEBG 127. You're all going to remember for the time the Jets changed the script and we're the ones now doing the buck kicking, not what happens. Okay, that game will be memorable, not for reasons that we, as Jet fans, uh, are happy about. And Mike, why don't you just let the A before we get into the game, let the AEBG audience know how you're feeling today as we record. It's Tuesday night here. Excuse me, it's Wednesday night here. Had a few days to digest the game. Okay, do you feel a little bit better today than you did on Sunday? I'm a major connoisseur of uh, Jet media. I listen to a lot of Jet podcasts and a lot of... NFL podcast, fantasy, all types of stuff. That's what I, that's just what I do on my off time. And I have not listened to one jet podcast. I have not watched one fantasy excerpt. I haven't talked to one person about anything because I'm so upset. And I'm upset just because I don't understand how long I'm going to have to sit in front of a television and have no hope. Because it, 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 it's been more than 10 years and I know every Jet fan understands and we think that we're about to turn a corner. And then like, I don't care even if we lose, like it's okay if we lose, right? But to lose that way where you have that type of game, you know, I was hoping that Zach would never have to go through something like that. And the comparisons to Sam and the ghosts and and it just and I'm like and the thing that makes me angry about it is that this entire game could have been avoided okay Zach's game on Sunday was not the Darnold game 
okay for anyone who's thinking that that this is sam it's not sam was getting blitzed zero blitzed and literally couldn't do anything and then in the second half he they stopped blitzing him and just set put their dbs back on their heels and he just was all flooded from the first half and he couldn't do a thing this was zach amped okay coming in first play okay doesn't see the fact that the db undercut the receiver tries to force it to Corey davis and belichick wasn't stupid he knew exactly what he was doing cover Corey davis because the kid loves him but he tried to force it because he's amped second play throws the ball too hard and high right you can say Corey should have caught it interception okay because zach is trying to force stuff the third interception that he did i don't know what he was really thinking there he tried to make something that was not there this was an out route to the right and he underthrew it it was a bad throw and a bad decision and i don't even understand why he didn't check down in that situation and then the fourth interception he i think the ball just came off his fingers wrong i don't know i don't know what the hell he was looking at but the reason i'm upset is because how could a coaching staff understand that this 22 year old kid who is very talented at throwing the ball you know why wouldn't you rein that in check the freaking ball down run a game script that's conservative to keep him within uh within himself okay and it just spiraled and his confidence he started getting booed and he said i should have got booed and this this wasn't about him not reading defenses this wasn't about uh, Bill Belichick throwing out all these different schemes. This was about Zach Wilson trying to do more than he should have. And if he had just pulled it back, we could have definitely won that game. The Patriots aren't that good. We were already running the football so well. A conservative game script could have definitely had us within the game and within reach. I'm not sitting here at all thinking like the Jets could have or are not as good. The quarterback lost us the game. And the worst part about it is like, we are so excited. Jet fans have waited so long for this time after the Gase and all the things and to come out and throw that in front of our faces. And I have, I have friends of mine, I mean, I'm harassed at work, harassed from friends and fill it on Facebook from it's it is beyond embarrassing. I don't I like a game like that. Like, I don't even want to watch football anymore for a little while. Like, I just I have to take a break because inside I'm so pissed and I'm like, I'm 41 years old and I shouldn't be this angry about my life. I have a good life. I have children. I live nicely. Okay, I have nice things. There's no reason that I should be this pissed off when I go to bed, okay? And so I try, sometimes the games like this make you re, re, you know, reflect, like why the hell do I care this much about this freaking team? But I'm, I'm, I'm just pissed. And I'm pissed at the coaching. I hope Zach learned, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm just angry. Four interceptions there and you ran through them. The first two, both of those picks, are a byproduct of Zach just being overly aggressive. You already said it. The second one, especially, 
Um, he had a check down there with the running back. The first one, the running back check down would have been a little tight, but he could have maybe got two or three yards. Those are things he's going to have to learn to do, especially against defenses like a Bill Belichick, a very smart coach that's going to try to force him to check the ball down because it doesn't necessarily come natural to rookies to take that two or three yard pass when you're like at BYU, like I'm going to go for this 15 yard chunk play. You're not at BYU anymore. This is not this is not college football anymore. You can't throw off your bet that fourth interception off his back foot, lazy ass pass. Mike, I hopefully he'll still have his hands. I don't know what it was, but at that point, maybe the 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 confidence was already affected because the last two interceptions were just horrible. The last two interceptions were the passes that we saw, you know, Geno throw and Sanchez throw and to a degree Darnold throw in some of these games. And you know, I read um a tweet, Michael, that was just just mind-boggled me. Okay, and I don't know if you shared this with me or it was on our jet chat with our buddies, um, but I double checked it today. Four rookies who have been drafted in the top five have had a game with zero touchdowns and four interceptions in the past 20 seasons. Four times, four guys in the top that have been drafted in the top five, four different quarterbacks. And the three of those guys, three of those players, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Zach Wilson, the fifth guy, the fourth guy is actually Alex Smith, who did it in 2005. Geno Smith almost, Mike, Almost had one of those games his rookie year. Geno yeah, Smith, 15 three. for 35. 15 for 35, three interceptions. If you remember, we still had a chance to win the game at the end, and we blew it. So the Jets versus the Pats, it's just a house of horrors. I mentioned it last week in hopes that, Wookie, this is going to be the game that kind of changed that. You know, maybe we, maybe right. we create a new narrative. Maybe um, this quarterback and this coach against Bill Belichick is going to set a different tone. Not what happens. You know, no. a historically no. bad day out there. Historically bad day out there for Zach Wilson. And Mike, like you said, Wilson, this wasn't like last week where you watched Wilson run for his life in the first half. It seemed like the offensive line got a little bit more settled down in the second half and he played better. He had time to throw the ball this game. Mike, it wasn't, I'm not saying that there wasn't plays he had to run, but it looked like he had time as opposed to last week, which makes you, which makes the game almost look a, even worse. Um, the numbers for the day for Wilson, 19 for 33, four interceptions, like we said, 37 rating right now for our boy Wilson. So on the season, his 56.1 QB rating is last in the NFL through two games, 10 sacks on Zach Wilson, first in the NFL, unfortunately for us, his five interceptions, he tied for the league lead with Trevor Lawrence over there in Jacksonville. So. Not a great start so far. Six of these eight quarters, Mike, I would say. Six of the eight quarters we've watched the Jets play with Zach Wilson. We'll get to the defense in a second. Just him specifically, Mike, have not looked good. No. Okay, and it's only eight quarters. It is what it is. Um, the defense, on the other hand, is ranked right now in the top 10 in the NFL yards per game, which would blow people's minds. Um, 320 yards a game. The Jets are giving up. There's a lot of good positive spots to look at there on the defense, and we're going to get to some of those in a second. But, I mean, just all around disappointing day. Um, I think Jet fans, like you said, Mike, kind of had the, the wind taken out of their sails because we're all hyped up. Home opener with the Pats. I was there with the wife again. You go, you tailgate before the game, you go in, and you see that performance from Zach, you know. And it seemed like they were able to run the ball, too. On the ground there, I know um, Ty Johnson had 50 yards. We had 59 yards from Michael Carter. They had 12 carries and 11 car uh, carries. Carter also 30 yards there with two catches out of the backfield. So we saw a little something from him, Mike. But overall, I would say, Mike, the offensive line at least 
to me, now I, I rewatched the game today for the first time, and I, I was there this weekend. The offensive line looked a lot better than they did last week versus Carolina. I, I gotta at least, I gotta at least give the offense that. Yeah, the offensive line played a lot better. Um, the bad, the worst part about what happened is that now narratives are set. Now, the you know his rookie at the end of the season, whatever his stats are going to be this game is going to affect that full, you know, view. Maybe he plays at an 80 quarterback rating for the rest of the season, right? But it will be like 69 or 71% mm. because of games like this. These games good call. decimate what your metrics are at the end. I mean, essentially, he took himself out of the running for rookie of the year, just like that. And, um, and, and, it, and, and, and I'm not going to lie, like, uh, I before the end of the first half, I'm holding my breath. Like I, I hated watching Sanchez and hated watching Gino. You know when they were quarterbacking because every time they stepped back, I was always afraid they were going to throw a pick. I always was like in, had trepidation, you know. And now I have the same for Zach when he goes out on the against Denver on Sunday. I'm going to be I'm going to be terrified because I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Um, so it's just from a psyche perspective and then doing it to the fucking Patriots. I mean, of all the, that's every time we play that team, that's why I hate them so much. Like, and I don't care if Gillette burns to the ground or they get COVID 27. I really don't care. I hate that franchise for everything that they are. And what did they cheat? I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like. Well, no, it, we do know. We it, do know that. That's known. Well, that, well I'm talking about on Sunday. Oh, this weekend. Oh, I'm, sorry, was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, who knows? Who oh, knows? Bell and check could have been in, in his mind or something. I have no idea. But anyway, I, I think to the, your point on positives, the offensive line played well. Michael Carter was very impressive. I thought there were a couple of runs there that really showed me some of the value that he could potentially bring to the team. I thought Elijah Moore did a little bit better out there as a receiver. Um, he still didn't, uh, there's still, you know, I still haven't seen that breakout performance, obviously, but he is a rookie and receivers usually take a much longer time to explode on the scene. So, um, so offensively, again, if that offensive line can play like that again, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, if we could put a full game together, that would be fantastic. Yes, the defense played really, really good. I thought that they actually got a turnover that first play, and the refs just to mention bailed, that. bailed them yeah. out on that one. And the, to the Jet fans were about to just erupt. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, I thought just based on all the people we've lost regarding safety, regarding linebacker, the young cornerbacks, the defense is playing really great and that's a shout out to Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich on their job and what they've been able to do with that that unit um but going forward uh the game that's coming up here on 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 Denver in Denver I I play in a suicide league for for big money and I Denver is my suicide pick this week wow I'm just going mm, interesting. going against the Jets like that trying to just I think you're trying to just cosmically throw something into the atmosphere where you go against the Jets. I don't think so. I'm scared. <laughs> Keith, I don't think they're going to yeah. win more than three games this season. I'm afraid. I'm, after what I, I, like you said, I am watching a team that is terrible. They're not good. They're not, they're okay. They freaking suck.
after all this time. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Michael. I'm not disagreeing with you. And especially, especially on offense, what we've seen has been putrid. I, I understand that. But I do think that when it comes to, I mean, there's two sides of the ball. On defense, considering that the Jets, the, the teams are averaging starting field position against the Jets, number one in the NFL. Teams are starting, because of our offense, teams are starting at the 40-yard line every single drive. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons we haven't given up as many yards, but the number nine in the NFL right now, overall defense. And when you look at the corners, Mike, and you mentioned this last week, I'm just, I'm just trying to give Jeff fans reasons for hope, Mike. That's all yeah, I'm doing. No, and I'm no, not no, even disagreeing with no, you. The corners are playing great. No, you're right. No, and we read an article, um, our boy CJ, thank you very much. CJ tweeted an article at us that I read this week from the jet zone. And I'm forget I think it's Michael Nanny who wrote the article, Mike, let me throw some of these stats at you for these rookie corners and what we've had going on in the secondary, because I think obviously teams have been starting out with decent field position. Hasn't been that hard for them to move down the field. We've had a ton of field goals hit against us as well. But the Jets corners right now on the season have only given up 93 yards That's on the season. That's okay, now we're talking, now that our, our starting three corners, Hall, Eccles, Carter the third, Carter the second, excuse me, have only given up 64 yards on the season. Wow. Now this is elite, we're talking elite, elite level play. Now you're going against Sam Darnold, Last week, Mac Jones had um, 186 yards in, in the in, in the entire game. Targeted running backs, targeted tight ends, um, but they did a tremendous job. Now, when you look at how these three guys, Eccles, Hall, and Carter, have done individually, Hall, the least targeted cornerback in the NFL right now, three targets, and the reason why is because on he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. His guys covered all the time. That's why they're not talking. It's not, it's not like Mike. And I talked a lot of smack before the year. Let me see if Bryce Hall's a number one. He's played like a number one. He's doing his job so well, there's no room to throw the ball to his guy. I don't think teams are shying away from Bryce Hall necessarily. I just think he's doing his job so well that there's no room to throw the ball. They're looking somewhere else. Okay. You look at you look at Brandon Eccles. Some of these stats with Brandon Eccles might gonna blow your mind. Five passes competed completed against him this season for 38 yards. That's 7.6 yards per catch. That's seventh lowest in the NFL, ahead of a Jalen Ramsey. Okay, 10 yards per catch, um, 10 yards after the catch the whole season. So after, this, after the guys catch the ball on him, he shuts them down right away. They're averaging two yards after the catch on Eccles. Okay, that's fifth best in the NFL. That's elite level play. And then Michael Carter's actually played better than both of them. For this weekend, six passes were complete on him for 20 yards. On the season, nine passes for 37 yards. Not one first down. Wow. Not one first down on Carter. Ooh. Only 4.1 yards per reception on him. That is the best in the NFL, guys. So, Michael, I understand why you'd be upset. This game was trash, okay? If Zach Wilson continues to play like we saw this weekend and be over-aggressive and try to do things that he doesn't need to do necessarily, when you, especially when you're able to run the ball like we did this weekend, we're averaging um, almost, what was it? It was uh, 50 yards on 12 carries for, for Carter, uh, for Ty Johnson, 59 yards on 11 carries for Carter. So we were running the ball. Like we were doing what me and you hoped which was, you know, give my boy some second and threes. Yes. Give him some second right. and fours. And they were creating those situations. And in those situations, instead of rolling out, hitting the check down, getting that first, moving the chains, Zach Wilson trying to force the ball downfield. That's okay. the part that's so frustrating because I've watched enough football. I knew they were, I, I, I was like, yo, they can play. They can, they can beat this team. I know when I feel the Jets and Zach just kept the turnover and turn, that's what killed us, okay? Yeah. And Nick, I, I, you know, I don't know how, you, you know, what your thoughts are, but, um, you know, a rookie quarterback, second game throws, does something like this. I mean, um, do you think he can recover from it? Or do you think now that the Sharks are circling and um, if he has another bad performance against Denver, 
um, he's really going to put himself in a place where it's going to be very difficult to dig out. No, I think obviously he's got plenty of time. It's game two. I mean, obviously it's not what you want. It's not optimal. Four picks, no touchdowns. That's not what you saw in preseason. That's not what you were sold as a bill of goods. But again, I, I, it, and this isn't my team. I don't root for them. So it, it's easier for me to say this. I, I would rather have my quarterback do that game two then god forbid you guys make it to like an afc championship a playoff game and he has that game then i mean so just i make mean get to a damn playoff and i, would I don't happy. i don't think i don't think he had i don't think it's in him to have that bad of a performance again i think he's too good of a player to to let that happen again hopefully this game is an aberration michael and all these rookie quarterbacks have these stinkers of games this one unfortunately is versus the Patriots. Unfortunately, it's four picks, you know? Unfortunately, it's the homo burner and he's much ballyhooed and he had so much hype coming in. I get it all. Um, it makes it 10 times worse. Like we said, the defense though, Michael, is right now ranked in the top 10 in the NFL, surprisingly enough for people, um, where we thought that might be a, a middle of the pack group or maybe a little bit lower. Top 10 in the NFL right now. Jonathan Franklin Myers, another sack, Mike. That's two sacks on the season for him in Doing two great. games. Doing also great. forced a fumble. Him. Yeah, also right forced a fumble. Thought he looked great in the game this weekend. Marcus May, six tackles, had a sack, had a pass deflected, had another tackle at the line of scrimmage for a loss. He played tremendous. Another guy, Mike, to highlight from this weekend on defense. All the, all the standouts, besides Braxton Berrios and the two running backs to me, Mike, um, the, all the standouts basically were on the defensive side of the ball. C.J. Mosley, 10 tackles, seven solo tackles. Mike, when you're when I was there at the game, I know he only had 10 tackles. It seemed like he had 20 tackles because he was just all over the field. Also had a pass deflected. He played tremendous out there leading the defense. Um, I think on defense, we have a we have a decent team. I think we're going to get to the Broncos in a second. They've been able to do well. But look at the two teams they played the first two weeks. I'm not trying to hate on the Giants. I'm sorry, Wookie. But the Giants yeah. and the Jaguars aren't elite teams. So yeah. I think they haven't had the hardest schedule. I think the Broncos and the Giants are the same level. I'm not saying the Giants are worse than the Broncos. I'm just saying the Broncos have not had the hardest first two games. Um, but getting back to this game real quick, and then we'll move on, Mike, to this Bronco game. Berrios again. 11 targets oh, on the man. day. Now, now he was someone that that's the only guy Zach would check down and throw the ball too short, it seemed like. But seven catches, 11 targets, 73 yards on the day, 18 targets, 12 receptions, 124 yards on the season to lead the team. Okay, Michael. So, once again, let's just give Ooh. Mike some kudos because only one person on the planet of Earth, when we did any jet preview, said they thought Braxton Berrios could be a good weapon for us this year. And it was Michael. Okay. And I said, all right, Mike, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the depth chart. But one reason he did have so many targets and we'll touch on this guys, because we have to Denzel Mims, Michael. Yeah. Okay. Now we know Jameson Crowder didn't play this weekend because of COVID Wookie Denzel Mims with a healthy scratch. I don't get it. Healthy. Now, uh, you know, on Sunday, when you hear he's not going to play, you just put it out of your head and you get ready for the game. Right. When I started thinking about it, I was like, well, how far down the depth chart has Denzel Mims gotten to that even with Crowder not playing, he didn't even make the roster for the game. Uh, Coach Sala had this to say when asked if he's going to be playing in the future or if he'll be a healthy scratch in the future. Uh, Coach Sala said that's really up to him. He's got to be better than the guys in front of him. That's the bottom line. We're an organization that it doesn't matter. You have to earn your keep. You have to earn your playing time. He has to be better than them, referring to the guys that played. As soon as that happens, he'll be active. Yeah. And I think he's, you know, Mike, I'm trying that to be, is not I'm, I'm trying good. to be cool. I'm trying to be cool with him, you know, but he, I completely disagree with him. I can like, I don't care about you say. And one other he thing says, you mentioned, Mike, let me mention this said. too. Just so you know, just, to, just so you know, I'll throw this to you before you give your opinions. I don't know if you heard him also say this, that the reason he basically said, 
the fifth receiver. He kept referring to the fifth receiver who's going to be active for a game that day, as if that's basically where Mims is slotted in and how Jeff Smith gives him the special teams and Mims doesn't. Yeah, that's all. Right. And then go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't I, know if you heard him say I, that. I heard him that essentially he's 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 competing with Keenan Cole, Keelan Cole, that essentially. Okay, and Keelan Cole is better than him because Keelan Cole is working harder and knows the playbook better. Robert, I don't. Who gives a shit? Okay, who? How many targets did Keelan Cole get on Sunday? Okay, you know that there is no other receiver on the team that can do what Denzel can do. He, they just can't physically. It's up to you to take the tools you have and use them, okay, so the Jets win games. Because that's what it's not, it's about. It's not about Keelan Cole works harder than Denzel Mims or Keelan Cole or this, or player X is better than player Y because they show up or they know the playbook. It's about winning the damn games, okay? And you have a six foot three, cat four three speed okay may not know the, the playbook you know what who is that dude from uh san francisco goodson uh marquis goodson same type of dude didn't know the damn playbook or anything like that they still used him you know where they could use him because he has some a skill set that that translates to value and i just cannot stand you know what you know who's a similar remember uh jonathan vilma Remember how Mangini didn't like Jonathan Vilma and they, they just didn't think that we could incorporate them. And what happened? They sent him out to the Saints and he ends up having an all pro career. Okay. Some, the same thing happened back in the day with Bill Parcells and Hugh Douglas. Remember Hugh Douglas, beast cat. You know what I'm saying? He, they didn't get along because of whatever scheme fit. And what happened? Hugh Douglas went to the Eagles and just beasted. You know, that's what I'm afraid, you know, Denzel, I'm, you know, who knows, you know, but it's just, it's, it's sad. And, and there's no, you're not going to tell me that Keelan Cole, or you're going to, you're not going to tell me Jeff Smith is better than Denzel Mims. It's not true. And, and you, you know, you want to keep you with your coaching, whatever. It just bothers me that you're not doing what's best for the team to win. And it's not about morals. It's about winning I'm of course morals. You want to do the right thing and all that stuff, but the guy's a player on the team. Put him in the in the goal line sections or a short, uh, you know, when it's time to to get a first down and just get execute, man. Because right now, what you're putting out there through two games is unacceptable, coach. Obviously, Coach Salah has something in mind with his depth chart. I'll say it doesn't. The way Zach played, I don't disagree with you, Mike. But the way Zach played this weekend, it wouldn't have helped if we had Mims out there. If we had Calvin Johnson out there, if we had Jerry Rice out there, it doesn't make a difference this weekend, at least. You got to put the ball where it's supposed to be. Once we get that in order, I'll get more worked up about the wide receiver depth chart because it just seems like right now our quarterback uh, can't get out of his own way. Um, running the ball wise, we touched on it a little bit, Mike. Michael Carter played great uh, the first game. I thought he looked horrible in the preseason. He looked, some runs look good, some runs look too small. Um, 11 for 59 this weekend also was a factor out of the backfield. Pretty much the biggest bright spot on offense was Carter. And also our boy Ty Johnson, who just does what he does when he gets the ball. You know, you know he's going to get four or five yards. He looked he looked good in some of those runs too. Elijah had four for forty-seven. So I mean, there's a few little takeaways here. You 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 subtract three of those interceptions. I mean, you know, and those turn into maybe a touchdown or a field goal, and you know maybe the day goes in our direction. But let's let's sign off on this game 
Very depressing for Jet fans. Let's do what Rex Ryan said back in the day, Michael, 2010. Let's just bury that game. Forget it even happens. All right, we talked about it. It's done with. Let's move forward. Denver Broncos, week three. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. Okay, Michael, Denver Broncos, week three. They have not had to play the toughest schedule so far, but they have looked probably more well-balanced than I anticipated for the squad. Denver coming in with the eighth-ranked offense in the league. Now, they went up against the Giants. They went up against the Jaguars, not two of the powerhouses in the NFL, but they're passing for about 278 yards a game, running it for about 130. Um, that's pretty good balance there. Then on defense, number three-ranked defense in the NFL right now, only giving up about 251 yards a game, 184 yards passing, only 64 yards on the ground they're giving up here in the Broncos game. So, you know, it's one of those games that with the way they played so far and the way we've looked, Michael, hard to say. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why you'd be confident we're going to go into Denver and whoop this team. Okay, what do you feel like? How do you come into a pregame or for any team coming off last week as a, if you have a Jet, fan, jet podcast or you don't? and come up with any positives going into this game. It's hard to do it. It's hard to do it. Okay, we mentioned as many as we could with Elijah Moore in the running game, offensive line playing better. He knows that Zach Wilson probably isn't going to throw four interceptions again. And again, like we said, Mike, I don't think the Broncos have uh, necessarily gone against the toughest teams these first two weeks. I think the Jets have a better defense than the Giants, and the Jets have a better defense than the Jaguars. So maybe they'll be able to keep it close. But do you have any thoughts heading into this game versus the Broncos, Mike? Just any thoughts about just, the game plan? Just, or? Don't, just don't turn the phone Excuse my language. Just, 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 just don't do that. Can you do that? Just don't turn the ball over. Give me a game without a, an interception. Just, just, can we have, can we have something like that? You know what's so sad? Remember when we went through Michael, and I went back all the way to. Uh, goodness, I think I went back to Mark Sanchez's first year. This is before this season, and we chronicled all the Jet quarterbacks and where they finished in quarterback rating. And me and you were like, can you even believe this? Like, we were either last, second to last, or 30th. It was something like 10 of the past 12 seasons. We had one year with one year with McCown, where McCown was pretty decent, if you remember, and then a one year with Fitzpatrick. We played pretty good. Every other year, we've had the lowest level of abysmal quarterback play. Every Jeff fan knows. I'm not telling anyone that they don't. I'm not telling any of you guys anything you don't know already. That's why just to see Zach Wilson after two weeks, his name right there at the bottom, Mike, you know, with the five turnovers. It's just how um, long? How many It's times? just like, like, like you said at the beginning, it's like, wow, we thought this was different and going to be going in a different direction. And I had a lot to say about that last week. Um, and that it is the type of game that can tank your season statistically. But I can't think he's going to play as bad this weekend. I think after last week, a kid like him seems pretty sharp, Mike, to me. Those mistakes he made were easy for anybody to, to identify, okay? Wookie was a high school football coach, tremendous. If Wookie watched the tape right now, he'd be like, well, okay, these four guys open short, and he throws it down the field to a guy with triple cover. Not that hard to understand what Zach was trying to do. I get it, gunslinger at BYU. It's why you're here. You have the gusto. You have the gumption, okay? And then one day in your career, you'll have the command of the football field at a level where you can back foot a pass 30 yards and drop it like Aaron Rodgers. You're not there yet. We're not at that point yet. We're at the point where you need to be throwing the ball to whoever's open. If it's a check down, you need to get three or four yards, you get three or four yards. Okay, if it's second and nine, you check down, you get five. Now we, now we have a short third down. Instead of you throwing an interception by trying to force it downfield where um, you're able to, especially games like we said, Michael, where you're able to run the first week, we couldn't run the ball at all. This Sunday, we were moving the ball on the ground. 
Okay, if we just kept a conservative and we kept a Rex Ryan 2009 game plan, you know, and didn't try to throw the ball down the field at all, um, I think we might have been able to do much better. And I hope this weekend versus the Broncos, Zach understands that. You know, we're going to have to establish the run game. It's easier said than done. Like I said, this team is really good against the run. But you have to try to do that because obviously this kid's not in a spot yet, Mike, where he on his own has enough understanding of the offense, of where he needs to be, where he needs to put the ball, the right option. When things get flustered with the ball, throw the ball out of bounds, check it down, or force it downfield. It seems like he's making the wrong decision the first half of the first game and then this entire game on Sunday. Once he figures those things out, we'll be in a better position, but he's not there yet. So we need to be maybe a little more conservative. And he needs and he needs to understand that. You know, that's that's what Salah as a coach is gonna have to get through to him. And I think um we're gonna see, you know, what this guy's made of as a coach, Mike, because hasn't started off well at all. Doesn't make a difference how good your slogans are, all gas, no break, how good your personality is, how many players love you and have given you tremendous recommendations, all those things. You can be the best with the media of all time. And it seems like Salah is all these things. But the product on the field is what you're going to be judged on. The improvement of Zach Wilson is what he's going to be judged on. A game like this, like Mike just said, now this is a sticking point in the season. Okay, right. we're going to see where this kid goes from here. But if he continues to stink, they're going to say, wow, that Patriot game really messed him up, right? And Salah wasn't able to get him back on course. Um, and that's like, Mike, I said, where we're going to really see the chops of this guy. We're going to see the chops of the floor. We're going to see the chops of the coaching staff as a whole. And as a team, because, man, if you just got to run the ball and play defense to win, then run the ball and play defense to win and let this kid figure it out as the year goes on. I just think that um, I think that the combination of having LaFleur, a first-time play caller, and a first-time quarterback, I, I, I didn't – I knew it was a risk, but I didn't realize – how risky it potentially could be and how reckless LaFleur was last week. This week against the Broncos, this defense will eat you alive. He will throw eight picks if he tries to do that crap again, okay? I really want to see the coaching staff pivot, okay? We saw uh, second-half adjustments against uh, the Panthers and against New England because Zach – actually didn't have that bad of a second half if you really look at his statistics he threw one interception right no touchdowns but his yardage and completion percentage was better now i knew he was off because he was missing throws one to the uh, uh, barrios and then another one that i saw that he tried to hit the running back and you could just tell he was just completely off but he is going to like you said this is a this is you you are playing in the new york media for a team that hasn't won since 1969 okay you're you're deal, you're you're in a place where you know you do something like that and throw four interceptions on a home freaking opener dog the the the, the wolves are out now after you today second game they're all over you. So now you go into Denver, like Keith said, we're going to see what type of team this is, what coach this is, what quarterback this is. And, and Nick, I don't, I just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I will say that I think Denver uh, is the best place for a young Teddy Bridgewater. I don't say young. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is in the right place now um, to 
be the best he can be. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's in a good situation with good weapons and potentially some good structured coaching there. And I think they're going to roll the Jets on Sunday. Uh, oh I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say they're going to roll the Jets. I mean, this would be the third solid to above average or above solid defense the Jets have played in a row. Um, so I, I think it's going to be tough for them in that respect. But again, if he doesn't throw four picks last week, even though that's a good defense, the game could be a completely different situation. Absolutely. So obviously it's not like. Uh, dare I say he didn't deal. throw four picks. Dare I say he didn't throw four picks. They could have won the game. I know they could have. I believe yeah. it. Matt McCorkle isn't good. Okay. They're out there. McCorkle is the best rookie quarterback. He's, he is just, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, move the ball. He didn't do anything that impressed me at all. He stayed inside. You know, Belichick had a box around him. Don't go out here outside this, right? Can, why can't we just do that for Zach? They're doing the same thing with, with the, with the yep. what's his name down there in Jacksonville, right? Just, yo, these are rookie quarterbacks, man. And by the way, your boy Justin Herbert, the best rookie quarterback ever. Do you know what he did against Bill Belichick? Uh, I don't 45 nothing. 45 nothing. No <laughs> touchdowns, interceptions. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Go back and look. This is what no, the hoodie, yeah, yeah. this is what the hoodie does to, to rookie QBs. All right. You know, guys, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week, and it's, it's continues to show us why. Um, games like last week and continue to show us why our podcast name is probably the most apropos accurate podcast name in the history of podcasts, Michael. Yes. Anyone that I ever meet that hears, oh, your podcast, what's the name? But AZB Green, you get a chuckle out of it because they go, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, Jets, Jets. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, Michael, we can all agree the best pass thrown this weekend at MetLife Stadium was this one right here. Dropping that flea flicker in right there. Look at that. Look at that arm talent. Wow. Dropping it in the box on fourth graders, okay? I don't care, guys. I don't care if it's fourth graders, fifth graders, whatever age it is. You got to show them what the deal is, okay? Now, those little whippersnappers had the legs on us, so you have to do some trick plays so you don't have to run as much, which is what we did. Touchdown. Touchdown Score. reception there by one Christopher Fox. Tremendous job by you. Michael, that's it for this weekend. Wookie, that's all we got for this week. So... Anyone wants to get at us, support us, be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form. Michael, where can they do that? You can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Cronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Good at you next week, everybody. Peace out.